What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. And this week, I am again sponsored by my own Elite Property Accelerator. And just wanted to quickly notify you one more time, in case you missed it last time, that I have a mastermind group starting next week. And uh, in fact, this week, the week that you're listening to this podcast is going to be the week that the new uh, mastermind is launching. The mastermind is aimed mostly at people who would like to network with like-minded people who are in the property investment space. So anybody who listens to this podcast wants to sit in on a weekly call with myself and with a gang of other people. And we're just talking about deals. We're talking about the market. We're talking about how we're dealing with certain issues, things to look out for, things that people are buying, things that people are selling opportunities, uh, whatever it might be. So think about it. Um, I've actually got a September promotion on and it's 50% off the price for anybody who joins in this month. So guys, and also on top of that, I have updated some of my own uh, coaching programs. So if you prefer something with a bit of an educational slant, then there are the there's the foundations program for beginners and the accelerator program for the more competent investor. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. And what I'm talking about this week is <clears throat> uh, the vast difference between the UK property market and the Irish property market. And I'm not talking about the actual assets themselves. I'm talking about the way that the government is treating the landlord. And it's it's interesting to watch because I've been watching now for many years, obviously. And as I've been watching, I've noticed that the Irish market went through when we went through the big crash of 2008, the government went it got very, very negative and difficult with the landlord. And uh, conversely, the UK market seemed to be very landlord friendly after the crash. Now it actually seems like things are reversing. And I've watched the UK uh, inv- property investment environment seems to be deteriorating quite badly. And at the same time, I'm hearing rumours, and the minister has come out and said as much, that there will be a landlord-friendly budget uh, coming up in November of this year. So I thought what I'd do is I would talk about the difference between the Irish market and the UK market in terms of tax treatment. And not just tax treatment in terms of different rules that are being brought in by the government. So what does, first of all, when I talk about and we're and we're looking at, say, the Irish, um, the notification recently by the Minister for uh, Housing here in Ireland, his name, for those of you not aware, is Dara O'Brien. And he did a media interview. And this happens a lot where go, people go out, they start sort of saying, you know, this is what we're going to do in the future and stuff. And a lot of the time it's like a popularity uh, contest. They're going to seeing what uh, points that they make resonate pop, you know, well with the public and things like that. And don't forget, these are all political sort of appointed people. And so they're all trying to keep their jobs and make themselves as popular with the electorate. However, when you start coming out, when people come out and say things like it's going to be a landlord friendly budget, it's the first time I've, I can remember hearing that for a long, t- long time. And the reason 
uh, it's so kind of surprising to hear it, is that in 2008, we went through this massive crash and a huge amount of blame uh, in terms of the public opinion was that developers, property investments, property investors and the banks were responsible for crashing the, uh, the, the economy. And it wasn't just the Irish economy, it was worldwide. It was seen that the, you know, the property market had inflated across the world. And it was the reason that we went through this kind of massive, massive correction. And so naturally enough, there was a lot of public opinion that was very much against the landlord. Certainly here in Ireland, I can remember, I was abroad for many of those years, but I can remember I had assets here in Ireland and I can remember the taxation on them was pretty awful. And it's only recently that they're starting to make noises that this could be improved. So it's interesting to sort of sit back and watch this happening. Now, what the interview with the minister said was he, he used the term that he is pushing for the following. Now, obviously, that is uh, politicians speak. When people say pushing for, it doesn't mean that it's definitely going to happen. Um, it, it means that there's going to be a budget and the Minister for Finance is going to be the ultimate decider of that, that him and the, and the, uh, the Prime Minister, the Taoiseach. And those guys will sit down and they'll agree. Like, but all of the different portfolios, all of the different ministers out there, they are all looking at this, uh, at their portfolio and saying, right, what would we like? And the health minister will obviously be putting in all of the things that he'd like to improve. You're going to have the housing minister putting in everything they want to improve. You'll have the, you know, the different departments that look after social welfare and whatever it might be. All of them are putting in their, um, you know, their, their best foot forward, basically saying, give us this amount of money and we'll be able to improve things. And ultimately, it boils down to what is the amount of money in the pot to actually allow all this happen? And so some people are going to be disappointed. Some people are going to get more of what they wanted than they didn't get. And um, so when you say when you, when you hear something like pushing for it's it's important to remember that this doesn't mean that it's in the bag, but that um, there is going to be a fight for this kind of allocation. The first thing he said was that there is going to be an increase in the rental tax credit. Now, here in Ireland, if you are renting, you're entitled to uh, 500 euro off of your um, annual property or annual income tax if you're renting. And what he wants to do is increase that to 800 a month. And the purpose of the, like the, I suppose the rationale behind the increase from 500 to 800 is that they did some sort of survey and they reckon that um, the vast majority of people, if you take the average across the entire country, the average individual who is renting is paying 800 a month. That would be the average across the state. And obviously some people in some markets are paying less, some people are paying more, but that would be the average. And the, the rationale behind an increase to 800 is that they want to be able to say that you're getting one month a year rent uh, back, basically, in the form of tax breaks. So whether or not it happens, it'll be interesting to see. Now, more important, that is the renters, obviously. And uh, th that will mean that there's a little bit more money in the pocket of the investor. But you guys listening, I have no doubt you're much more interested in the landlord side of it. And the, they're, they're, what they're saying is that there is going to be meaningful and effective measures to retain and attract good landlords. Now, I think the key 
word that I've kind of underlined in that sentence is attract. Okay, so to retain and attract good landlords. So at the moment, there, if you're following at all, you would be aware that there is this exodus from the rental market. A lot of people have just noticed that it's just so much hassle being a landlord lately with all of the rules and regulations and bringing in uh, the, the, the renters tenancy board or the rental tenancy board with the RTB. There's so many rules around that and there's so many restrictions on evicting somebody if they stop paying rent and all this that a lot of people have just decided I've had enough of this, I'm out. So there has been a mass exodus from the market. And the fact that they're now saying that they want to retain and attract landlords would suggest that this is obviously, they're obviously going to put in some measures that would be sufficient to actually make people sort of stop and think and, and say, okay, let's do this. And I think the reason they have to do this is because the, the you know, the, the housing market in Ireland is absolutely broken. And it's a combination of factors that have caused it in terms of supply and demand. But on top of that, to make matters worse, a lot of landlords are just bailing out of the market. And so you don't have re- as much rental property there. You have a lot of people buying um, because they, you know, they've been saving up and things like that. And they'll buy from the what was previously a landlord owned property and they'll turn it into their owner occupied property. And it's good that people own property, but obviously there's people need to rent. There's a lot of people out there. There's, you know, tens of thousands of people out there who can't afford the big deposit. And so they need to rent. And so they want to try to attract landlords back into the market so that there will be more of this kind of thing. Now, on top of, um, so w- what does it mean to basically say that you're going to try to retain and attract? Well, what they've said here is that it will be an income-based tax break for landlords. And an income-based tax break, the reason behind that is they're saying that 84% of all homes that are in the rental market are owned by landlords that own just one or two properties. So this is not the big funds and it's not the big, you know, super wealthy landlords that have dozens of properties and stuff. It is mostly the, as you might say, mom and pop investor who owns just one property rental or two properties that they're renting out. And they're, they make up 84% of the market. So they want to attract those kind of people, retain those people and attract those into the market. And so what they're going to be doing is reducing the amount of tax that those paying at least 50% of their uh, of all of their rental income goes out in tax. And that is pretty high if you think about it. 50% of all your income goes out in tax. So there's going to be some um, addressing of that. Now, another thing that they've said that they want to address is the falling home ownership in younger generations. Now, this is very interesting because um, to date, there hasn't been really a, a push towards supporting young people that are interested in buying. There has been a push to help uh, first-time buyers. There's always been that. And so I guess you could say, but there is still, despite the fact that there's this first-time buyers grant that we've had for many, many years, there is a, an exodus of young people. Well, I won't say an exodus. That's that they're leaving the market. But there's just no very few uh, young people entering the market compared with generations in the past. And so the way they're going to do that is they have what's known as the help to buy scheme. Now, the help to buy scheme, HTB, is where they help first time buyers 
Um, and they're going to they're talking about extending that scheme by an additional two years. It was set to come to an end in 24, I think it is. And they have decided that they'd like to extend it to 26. Now, the way it works is that you are if you're buying a now there's, there's various things you have to qualify. The property must qualify and a qualifying property means that it must be newly built. And so it has to have been built by developers and sold. And at the first time that you're buying this property is the first time the property has ever been used as a uh, residential property. It cannot be secondhand homes and stuff. Now, they are talking about changing that as well. They're talking about introducing secondhand homes, and that'll be quite key. Now, you might ask, like, what's the difference between noob homes and secondhand homes? Well, the difference is VAT. When we build houses, um, we build a house and say it costs us 100,000 or whatever, uh, and we sell it for 150,000, we might have to pay, we have to pay 13.5% VAT on that. And we have to give that 13.5% to the government. So the government take in that VAT and they're using that VAT then to fund this scheme that they're talking about. When you get into secondhand homes, all of a sudden that is not possible because there's no VAT on the sale of secondhand homes. And so that would mean that they're funding the purchase of secondhand homes with no income coming in on the other side. And so that is one of the reasons why this has been restricted, restrictive to date. Now, how does it work? Well, you're in, you can get as much as 30,000 back um, in terms of your tax. Um, or as in terms of the price of the property. Or what you can get is 10% of the value of the property. Or what you can get is the sum total of all the amount of tax and all of the amount of, um, yeah, basically tax that you've paid in the last four years. And you have to uh, basically, um, you know, work out which of these it is. And it's always the lowest of the three. So if... 30,000 is the lowest. Like if you're buying a house for 400,000, then 10% would be 40 grand. It will force them to say, okay, no, it's the 30 grand that we're going to give you. Now, they are talking about potentially increasing the 30 grand as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, another thing that they're talking about here, and I don't think it's really going to matter to uh, the landlord or to the person who um, who's interested in investing in property, although it will impact landlords in some way, they're talking about what's known as the tenant in situ scheme. And they're talking about extending that into 2024. Now, what that is, is where if you're renting to, we'll say a family and that family, uh, you want to sell your property and that family is at risk. If you say, I'm going to sell the property, I need you to move out. If that family is at risk of becoming homeless, well, then this scheme, what it does is it allows housing agencies to step in and buy the property from the landlord. And it means that the tenant stays in situ and it means that they don't lose their home and the landlord basically exits and the housing agency steps in. Now, I don't know much about that scheme, but they're talking about extending it. And one of the things that he said, which is going to be of particular interest to Irish landlords, is that uh, Dara O'Brien said that he did not see any scenario in which the eviction ban would be brought back in. So that is um, that's positive news, obviously, because that 
interrupted the market quite badly. It caused a lot of people not to be able to sell their property. And I think as many as 4,500 people um, put the property on the market as soon as that eviction ban was lifted. Now, the speed of the, uh, or sorry, not the speed, the spending on the housing market by the minister, he actually highlighted the fact that they spent 4.6 billion a year on the housing market. And that's in terms of capital expenditure, expenditure on new homes and things like that. So it is interesting. Now, the purpose of covering that, I know there may be you guys in the UK that are listening and you might be thinking it's not particularly interesting to hear about the Irish rules, maybe. Uh, what you want to know is about your own home market. And what I've heard recently, and it's quite interesting to sort of hear it and negative, I think, in terms of a property ownership in the UK. Sorry about the dog in the background here. Let me just try and sort that. Sorry about that. I am filming from my new home, my new office on the top floor here. And uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm still getting used to what what's possible when I'm uh, when I'm recording at home. So the next thing I want to talk about is the UK property market. And I'm not going to talk about the the tax breaks and things like that. I'm going to actually talk about a range of things that are being introduced. And one of them is tax. But um, this is all very negative in my view. And I actually think that the UK market could be entering a bit of a correction. Um, it's already in a difficult place because of the increasing interest rates. But there's a couple of additional things that are being introduced. And it's going to be quite interesting to, you know, if you're listening now, you've heard the Irish market, you've heard that they're talking about making various improvements and things like that. Now, in contrast, we're looking at the UK market. And the first thing that I've seen is this, this new tax treatment called Section 24. And what that is, is there's going to be a tax and when you've got rental income coming in, traditionally, what you would do is you, your rent comes in, and you pay your mortgage, and your net income that's left over after the mortgage is what you pay your tax on. Now, this Section 24 tax is, according to what I've read, and I could be wrong here, but it says that it's taxed on the gross income. So it's no longer based on the amount that you have left after the mortgage. It's, it's actually on the gross amount. And now this is something that I can remember back in 2008 that was introduced by the Irish government and it's been done away with now. But at the time when that was there, extremely negative because everybody who, you know, invests in property, pretty much everybody invests in property using uh, borrowed money. And so it's taken as given that you're buying a property with some kind of a bank loan or a mortgage or something. Very rarely are people paying cash for a property outright. And so your rental income comes in, it helps you fund the mortgage payment that you have every month. And from that, that little bit of profit that's left over, that's the amount that you pay tax on. This looks like a treatment basically to remove that. And we did go through that back in 2008 and it was a very negative thing, certainly for most property investors who because most people uh, will borrow money to do that another thing that is being introduced and this is something that uh, we in ireland will have already been thinking about for a while but it is tenancy rights now i mentioned earlier we have the rental tenancy board here the rtb and it's the source of a huge amount of complaints i mean i think their heart is in the right place but whatever way it has been set up it is 
seems to be grossly underfunded or understaffed and stuff and everything is taking huge delays. So if somebody decides to stop paying you rent here in Ireland, you have to, you can't just kick them out, which would have been the old style of doing things. You have to go through a process and this process can take months. Now that, it looks like that is actually being introduced in the UK as well. Now, um, I don't know exactly the, the structure of it, but it is going to become harder to evict uh, tenants in the near future in the UK market. Now, probably the biggest threat to your to the UK market, in my opinion, as a property investor, as in a residential property investor, and this is something that if you're listening to the podcast for a while, you will be familiar with me complaining, not complaining, but, you know, there is definitely a climate risk taking place. And we have here in the U- in the Irish market, we have the BEOR, which is our energy rating for our buildings and for our property. In the UK, it's more familiar to you as the uh, as the EPC or the Energy Performance Certificate. They're both the exact same thing, though, and I've spoken about this recently. But in the UK at the moment, you're renting property. If the property must be uh, have an EPC rating somewhere above an F. So that means E, D, C, B or A. And if you're in that category, then that's it, fine. You can rent the property. But as soon as you hit F, that F stands for fail, essentially. And it means that you cannot rent the property. Now, that is the same here in the Irish market, as far as I know. But what we are now looking at in the UK is an increase by April of 2025. That is being lifted to a C. And so in order to rent your property to any tenant at all, for it to be qualifying to actually rent out, it will have to have a B, an EPC of a C rating. Now, that is a substantial increase in the uh, energy rating of the property. So you're talking about insulating, you're talking about probably putting in double glazed windows, you might have to change your heating system, all that kind of stuff. And if you think about that, the biggest issue is that that all costs money. And if you're not willing to spend the money, then you won't be able to rent the property any longer. Now, the only reason, uh, and, and that is most definitely a negative, that will be a reason for many people who are already this tax increase you're looking at. But in addition to that, interest rates have shot up in the last few years and a lot of people are you know, have looking at doubling of mortgage payments and stuff. But now, in addition to that, you're looking at a situation where you're going to have to invest in your property to bring it up to a C rating within the next year um, and a bit. If you're not up there by April of 25, then the property will not be rentable. And now I would not suggest that the Irish market sit back and relax at the same time. I would think that this same ruling could actually be introduced to the Irish market. I've seen uh, the energy performance of buildings, certainly commercial buildings, is a big focus of the government. And they, you know, the any department or any state-related company is unable to rent a property unless it has a, a rating of an A3 or higher. And if they're renewing an existing lease, it has to be a B. And so you can already see that it's in, in terms of commercial buildings, it's in focus. And I would think that between, you know, in the Irish market, certainly there, there is possibly a risk of similar rules being introduced. 
And they have been talking about this national retrofit where all properties are going to get grants and things like that. I think this all points towards, certainly in the UK market initially, a, a potential major correction in the UK market. Now, I know we have similar conditions of supply and demand in the Irish market uh, to the UK market. UK market, uh, there's a huge amount of demand, not a lot of supply. But as is as I've mentioned before, there's a couple of things that impact property. Um, supply, the amount of housing that's being built, that's one. Demand, the amount of property that's required based on demographics, based on immigration, based on all that kind of stuff, that's also given. But then there's affordability. And in the last couple of years, we had interest rates that were hovering around 1% or something. Now we have got interest rates that are at 5%. And that is most definitely going to impact the affordability of a mortgage. And that is not to say, you've, you, you know, there's other difficult things that you're also trying to pay for with, between cost of living going up, housing um, costs are going up, obviously, uh, grocery shopping has gone up, fuel bills have gone up, like everything has gone up across the, the board. And so I think we are in for potentially a, a couple of difficult years. And it is good to see that the, at least the Irish government are trying to get out ahead of it by, you know, bringing in a landlord friendly budget. But it's interesting to see that the UK seem to be going the opposite direction and seem to be kind of like trying to drive landlords out of the market by the looks of it. So interesting um, I'll leave it there, guys. I hope you found this one useful. Um, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your opinions. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever, I'd love to hear what your views are, whether it's Instagram. You know all the links. Gavin J. Gallagher is the, is the contact. Uh, and uh, I'll speak to you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the join my tribe thing over on the right hand side this will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter all of these links are in the show notes below that's all for now i will see you guys in the next episode